Welcome to the Deeper Dive Podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday, and we do that by discussing things like historical settings and literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our own reflective approach to reading that same text. Well, today we're jumping into the first uh, Sunday in Advent and looking at uh, a couple texts from uh, the beginning of all things. So, <laughs> some Genesis, some John, uh, some places in between, and uh, a good conversation, I think. So. It's, um, as I was reflecting previous to Sunday as well as since then, um, I had uh, one intention, and that was to remind us during this Advent season uh, of uh, the name that uh, Joseph was to give Jesus, one of the names that Joseph was to give Jesus, which was Emmanuel, uh, focused on God with us. Uh, but in doing that, I left uh, so much on the plate from all three of these verses of Scripture uh, that did not get to. Uh, some of that will probably be coming in the weeks ahead, but uh, some of it... Uh, uh, so anyway, I was just starting here in, in Matthew thoughts this morning. Uh, uh, the first name that he gave to Joseph to call, to call Jesus was Jesus, which um, when you go back in, into Hebrew and Greek, it means God saves. Uh, it was also tied with the name Joshua. Um, and so uh, the Joshua... <laughs> Uh, that most of us remember is the Joshua that uh, led the children across into Canaan. Although there was a second Joshua who was there, uh, who was a high priest, uh, I think after the first exile. Um, But it's interesting how at least I was talking, or I made a comment Sunday morning about how the different Gospels reflect maybe the different people they were speaking to. Uh, Matthew certainly was speaking to the Hebrew people with his genealogy, which mm-hmm. really had made no sense to anybody else. Right, right. Uh, and then Mark, uh, the shortest of the Gospels, he doesn't, he doesn't speak at all about uh, the birth of Jesus, uh, but just jumps right into his ministry. Uh, and then uh, I don't know whether I, 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 I relate to Luke as well as anybody because I'm a Gentile or because I don't even now um, through education still don't have that deep sense that I think our Jewish brothers and sisters have um, uh, about uh, prophecy and about the coming of the Messiah and mm-hmm. uh, the history of the Passover and all of those pieces. Sure. And then John just adds that different, different. Uh, I want to say intellectual piece, but for him, when he began to speak there in that first chapter about the preexistence of Jesus, for the uh, Greek thinkers, he was tying in back to the very beginning uh, and and trying to, to help them be able to understand there was some logical order or progression to this thing. Mm-hmm. So um, I just I found that fascinating to sit back and reflect on that a minute. But anyway, Joseph was, was commanded by God uh, in the Spirit to name, uh, name his son Jesus. And then just a verse or two later was uh, said, you shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And what I, well, I guess what I'm hoping maybe to do, I don't want to dim- diminish the, I mean, I think there's just some happy, peaceful moments when we think about a baby in a manger. And maybe in the midst of all of the um, chaos in the world, I'm often, often wonder if that's why so many people come to a Christmas Eve service, mm-hmm. just because it's simple. Right. And it's, it's, it really wasn't. But we make it sort of clean, sure. And we, yeah. And we make it, um, you know, just about. Um, I think, I think there's some feel-good moments there that folks look for that they're not finding anyplace else. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can use that word peace there if we want to, but there's something about that moment on Christmas Eve. But my goodness. Um, if that's where our understanding stops, or if that's as deep as we get into this thing, we have missed uh, the heart of the story. Um, John does that for us when he speaks about, um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, um, the preexistence of Jesus. And um, that adds a new dimension, I think, to his coming. Um, his coming was uh, his coming was was much deeper than than um, the virgin birth, much deeper than even the obedience of Joseph to take Mary to be his wife, mm-hmm. um, much deeper than the donkey ride, much deeper than and, and it really was about that. Uh, well, I found I find it always interesting to read in John. Uh, because uh, Jesus was creator, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, from the very beginning as we understand it, or as it's recorded. And yet the ones that should, the ones that Jesus gave life to, and Jesus helped to call his chosen, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they were his chosen. Those were the ones who you would have thought would have known him, and they didn't know him or recognize him either. Um I don't know where that disconnect came or how it got there. I mean, I could uh, pontificate that, but down in its depth of soul, uh, how that uh, how that disconnect happened. And um, sure, and you know, John is even. Um, I mean, he's uh, painting Jesus uh, the Christ in much the same way that Paul would at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Of his letter to the Colossians, and saying that this is a um, this is not a specific uh, revelation to the Jewish people in the first century, but that everyone has been aware of this at some level. Um, you know, which would Paul would uh, uh, kind of echo that again in the beginning of Romans, and mm-hmm. we see that in the way that he um, you know talks and evangelizes with Greek speaking people and in Athens and things like that, that there's a sense where we've all had some exposure to um, this ongoing uh, Christ that created the world, is sustaining the world, is in the world, and that uh, the people who should have had the the biggest, um, their finger on the pulse of that, um, didn't know what to do with that when that became personalized and enfleshed, you know. And that's a... That's not an indictment necessarily just on them. I think that's an indictment on all of us, really, is that um, we expect 
God to be either ultra-personal or ultra-transcendent, far either far above and, and high above us or so personal that we think we're God, mm-hmm. <laughs> really, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, in some ways. Uh, and so this this weird paradox of having both of those things living together is a, you know, well, there's no other word than a great mystery. <laughs> right. You know, when, right. which has been revealed to us now, but is still no less mysterious. <laughs> Yeah. It always causes me to pause, um, and, and sometimes I get uh, uh, deeply reflective of of what goes on inside of the church, or even what goes inside of goes on inside of this believer's heart, and uh, wonders um, how close we are to what God really intended it to be. Uh, because certainly the um, uh, certainly if we jump ahead to the crucifixion and we'll save that for for April but uh, when we jump ahead to that um, God's chosen children um, uh, were more fearful than pretty much anybody else was uh, and uh, missed it as broadly as anybody else missed it um, and so I, uh, I always uh, reflect just a bit, uh, how close are we, God, to what you really want us to be and what you really want us mm-hmm. to do? Because Jesus' coming is, is not about just a baby in a manger, which makes for a great story. It's, it's an act of a holy God who created a people that somehow could not sustain a relationship with him. Relationship of obedience, or a relationship of faithfulness. They, every god that they came across, they tried to incorporate into their faith, or uh, sometimes they even just forsook um, Jehovah God altogether and followed whoever happened to be in the land at the time. Um, and I, I just find that interesting. I find it a little scary. Um, because I don't think I'm any uh, – I doubt that I'm even relatively close to some of the knowledge that the scribes and Pharisees had. Sure. Um, that um, – at the coming of Jesus. Right. And, you know, most of the indictments of the Old Testament prophets and Jesus himself is is uh, not necessarily – it. It goes hand in hand with idolatry, but it's uh, it's how are you uh, treating each other and really the the land honestly mm-hmm. around you, um, you know that's the indictment a lot uh, in those you know in in that text that we so often quote from Micah you know what do you require, um, <laughs> right you know those are all. Those are all uh, activities of um, uh, – it's not that idolatry is unimportant because it is very important, but that – the outcome of that is ultimately how you treat each other. Mm -hmm. And that, um, uh, you know, even when you claim – you know, when you bring up the Pharisees, the Pharisees were the least idolatrous people – in the first century. I mean, they were, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were card-carrying monotheists that, that wanted to be as 
clean as possible, as pure as possible. And they miss it even in that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like this, it's, it's, um, your, your good intentions, uh, you know, are, are not, uh, what God desires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. it's, uh, and, and that's hard to, I think it's hard to balance those things sometimes, especially yeah. at this season. Um, where we kind of get worked up sometimes about you know our, our our culture that we live in and how they view Christmas or how they don't view Christmas or all that kind of stuff and that's just it's secondary chatter you mm-hmm. know it's it's not what it's about um, I I almost hate to but I have been this has been on my mind since uh, late last night and early this morning. Um, about how to be in prayer for all of those um, of the migration caravan or the immigrant caravan or mm-hmm. whatever it's uh, whatever it's called, and I understand all of the ramifications of it. I'm not living in Southern California to try to take care of all those folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, I was reading this morning how a mother of three no no word about a husband, a mother of three somehow managed to get her three children in, and I believe they were 4, 11, and 12 or something like that, mm-hmm. over some kind of a barrier just to be on the soil of this country and then knowing that they were going to be arrested and went and just found the uh, the border guards for them to be arrested, and they felt safer in that mode than where yeah. they were. Yeah. And... Uh, just been been just playing around in my mind, you know. Uh, how does that fit into the manger? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about how it fits into Washington, right? But how does it fit into how does it fit into the manger? Uh, you know, you uh-huh. were talking about Michael. He says, uh, "What does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God?" And um, sometimes sorting those things out. To what justly is, yeah. uh, because it, it is apparent that mercy would be just to say, "Y'all come on in." Mm-hmm. Then what, you right. know? Um, but yeah, I was trying to fit the uh, whole caravan around the manger about three o'clock this morning, and I didn't have much luck with that. But it was just an interesting thought. Uh, oh sure, well you know that that Christmas story is. Um people who are traveling not in their home country <laughs> you know <laughs> on the way to report to a place that um, they didn't necessarily want to go at a very inconvenient time and then somebody chases them out into another country that's not their own mm-hmm. and they have to hide out there for a while so you know make whatever associations you want to but, <laughs> but yeah. uh, God might not be on the side of who we think he always is on so. yeah and yeah. I think that's you know that's one of the great, um, the great things about this this birth story, especially from Luke's perspective, is that um, Luke is is always turning the tables on us to go. You know, you look for God over here, but you might be surprised about where He's hanging out more often than not. And um, and I think when we I think when we open ourselves to that or open our eyes to that, um, we see that God is there. And it's a very uh, startling, humble, 
just and merciful experience when we um, uh, kind of, you know, throw down our arms for a minute and just go, I wonder what God's doing in here. Right. You know? Right. And then we are usually surprised in a good way, mm-hmm. as the shepherds were, as the, as the wise men were, you know. I, I, I love that story of the shepherds. I just uh, scared out of their minds and yet left town rejoicing and telling everybody they found. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just, um, I guess my, I, I keep going back to trying to keep it simple and, and saying just uh, leave some space this year for this Advent season. Because the migrant worker that we're talking about may actually be in town here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've seen a significant increase, uh, significant increase in the folks standing in the medians driving into malls or parking lots or Walmarts sure. or street corners and wondering what's the best way to, to help folks in that, in that manner and mode. Um, and um, so I think that's, part of it, I think, is good. Part of it's a wrestling. Part of it, uh, I think, uh, causes us to maybe be unsettled. And I think that's good sometimes for us to be unsettled and mm-hmm. uh, searching what it is God wants us to do. Because God is with them just the same way he is with us. Right. Um, assuming they leave some space for him to be with them. But right. uh, he is with them. Uh, and for those who have... Uh, I'm trying not to keep going, but but for those who have faith in God that are on the other side of the wall or the border or the razor wire or whatever it is, you know, uh, my prayer has been God would be mightily with them, not only just in spirit, but just in literally in food to eat mm-hmm. and safety. And um, so anyway, I, I just keep encouraging you to to not only breathe that in for yourself, and when you breathe it in for yourself, I think there's a measure of peace that comes, but it gives you, I hope and pray, a measure of freedom that we can look at somebody else and say, God's with you too. Right. Uh, and it may require that, uh, uh, may require something of us. Right. Yeah, it so, usually does. It usually does. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, next week uh, we'll be back um, with. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, it just slipped my mind. I Jesus had as sustainer. That's right. Yep. So, kind of the life that moves through all of creation, kind of picking up again on uh, some sections from John there, and and uh, bread of life, and all of that, mm-hmm. all that goodness. So, until then, grace and peace. Mm-hmm.